Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report on Thursday, August 4th. Day 8 of Chiefs Training Camp is in the books. We got to stay caught up with the leader of Arrowhead Pride, the man who's always down to listen to a Dave Matthews jam, Pete Sweeney. Pete? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And tomorrow we got a day off finally. So, you know, that those Dave Matthews tunes will be pumping. <laughs> Glad to hear it, Pete. Uh, it was a short practice today up in St. Joe's, a 10 10 10 day. So, can you fill us in on, on what that means for the fans who don't know? Yeah. And as we talk about observations, it's just good to keep that in mind from today. So, 10 10 10 practice is a lighter practice, shorts and shells. Remember, they had gone through three days of pads leading into this day. And it's essentially a simulation where the first team offense is helped by the second team defense and essentially tells the defense what to play as they run through plays that they've installed into this offense. And so each period is built for each period of that is built for the offense to have success. Then they flip it and the first team defense comes on with the second team offense and they tell the second team offense today ran by Shane Buchel exactly what play to run so that they can practice defensive plays that have been installed. So every play in a way is built for the first team to succeed. It's almost like reviewing a walkthrough. So some of the observations that we have today, just keep that in mind that this practice isn't really the same thing as the practices leading into it. Yeah. It's a light day of practice. They're headed into an off day tomorrow and it's a much right. needed off day as they look to get healthy. Um, I, I do want to ask you about some of the injury updates here in a second, but uh, first we did get our first glimpse at new chiefs defensive end, Carlos Dunlap as he took the field. But as you mentioned, not a lot you can take away from day one of him at training camp and a light practice. No, he he's just watching uh, at this point, but we did get to speak with him after practice and he said he was up till midnight studying these plays and just trying to get acclimated i'm sure the day off will allow him to to hone in on on some of the things he needs to learn to to be out there on the field but you could tell that this is a 10 plus year veteran in the league really smooth with the press really uh i think open in, in saying why he came to kansas city he felt like there was mutual interest and during that late night meeting when he was here earlier in camp all the Chiefs defensive personnel and the coaching staff, they got together with him, showed him exactly what he'd be doing. He mentioned eating pizza with Andy Reid. I, I should have followed up <laughs> as to what the topping was. I, I didn't, but you could tell that even though he arrived to the campus of St. Joe or Missouri Western, I should say, at like 11.30 p.m., they, they held the meeting like it was 1 p.m. Uh, they really wanted the most of their time with Carlos, and he said there were a few other teams interested, and, and the Chiefs went out, uh, and I think he's going to be a key player. I keep saying this stat, and I just find it ridiculous, especially considering the Chiefs haven't really been great at sacking the quarterback uh, in recent years. I mean, he's registered six sacks each year since 2011. That's wild uh, as far as consistency goes. And I asked him how, he, how he's done that. And he, he said routine. And I, I think he's just going to be such a key player, not only in his own right, but for what it'll mean for a George Karloftis as he enters his first year. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Carl Loftus, and what I took away from his press session with the media today was that he was honest, and he was like, I, I know who I am at this point in my career. I still want to play a lot of snaps, but I might be a situational guy, and they were honest about wanting, to, wanting me to help develop some of these young players, and George is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, and I admire uh, George for talking to, to Frank Clark and and – 
being a sponge and texting defensive line coach Joe Cullen. It's, it's, you know, you, you hear fans sometimes and players in their off season, like, you know, sometimes a fan will be like, well, what is Patrick Mahomes doing on the match? You should be working nonstop on football. And granted, I mean, Patrick Mahomes could play today and, and start week one today and probably go and win 14 games. Um, but when it comes to Karloftis, like when you think about that line of, of fans just chatting with each other, Karloftis to me is like a 24-7 football guy. I think it's all he thinks about. I think it's all he wants to do. He just wants to get better. And it's that type of attitude that may make him a contributor in the first year. Steve Spagnuolo wanted this particular defensive end, and it wasn't just because they feel like he's a physical force on the field, but because of that mental part. And that's the thing I like about Karloftis. Everything that you hear, every second is, I want to get better, I want to get better. He's all in. And you could start to reasonably think, okay, maybe this guy is capable of four or five sacks in, in his first year. Yeah, this early into his development, and you know, even if you're not necessarily seeing flashes from him every day, like this guy is going to be a superstar player day one or anything like that, which is a lot to expect from a rookie player, just to know that he is actively trying to get better every single day. And he's been honest about it, and other players have mentioned it multiple times. It says a lot about George. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I know we're saying, well, they're at training camp, of course, everyone's trying to get better. But I think sometimes you see in these first round rookies, I mean, this is the most money they've ever really made. Their life has changed, even in with the rookie contract that we sometimes say is so cheap. It's a lot of money when you've not made money playing football. And you sometimes see that change players, especially at the upper tier of the first round, because they're just so good at, at football and there's there's such a spotlight on them. And I mean, I, I didn't know George during his Purdue days, but I, I could bet that he hasn't changed at all. And it's just a continuation of what he's built at Purdue. And now he's adding some of the pro coaching, the coaching from these veteran defensive ends. And I, I just really like the prospect of what he's going to be able to do in his first year. I want to get caught up on the Chiefs injury updates. You mentioned on Twitter, tight end Jody Fortson, wide receiver Darius Fountain, and wide receiver Greg Jennings did not practice today. Rashad Fenton and Lucas Niang still on the pup list. But we did see Prince Tega Winogo on the field today. Uh, was he actually participating or was he just kind of out there going through the motions with the uh, light practice? So I'm at least an individual. Didn't really see him much more than that. I, I think he's a, say, a player that's going to have to work his way up from the third team. So we didn't see necessarily a ton of the third team. Uh, in this look, but uh, good to see Prince Tega Winogo back in the mix. I know this is a player that the personnel staff really likes and, and at one point thought was a, a potential left tackle prior to Brown becoming a member of the team. And, and who knows how he would factor into that right tackle conversation, but he's missed some time. So he's going to have to catch up quickly. And then getting into the other injuries, I, I had mentioned it, but I, I feel like I should reaffirm it. Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore are fine. We're still waiting for Jody Fortson. Uh, to come back and I imagine that the Chiefs are just taking caution just to make sure that he's okay don't want to re-injure that quad no need to do it during training camp uh, Andy Reid had said it'd only be a few days so I would think that it's a good chance that we see Fortson working back into the mix on Saturday in his absence Noah Gray and Jordan Franks have been really good and I, I've said it on Twitter and I'll say it here and I think we should be talking about number 83 as much as we're talking about number 88 I, I concede that he's taken some steps forward in this second year and you talk about his blocking ability. You wonder if that could save the Chiefs a roster spot when it comes to Blake Bell uh, in that whole room. And then we're, we're still waiting on Rashad Fenton. No real timetable, but Steve Spagnuolo confirmed that as soon as Rashad Fenton is ready, he'll be right back in the mix. I think your top three cornerbacks are Trent McDuffie, Lajarius Sneed, and then what would be Rashad Fenton coming in in those nickel packages. 
Yeah, and I thought what Spag said about Fenton was interesting because they've got so many young corners right now. It seems like they're deep in camp at that position, but we've seen Rashad Fenton be a really good player for them. And so if he's healthy, I think he's going to have a huge role on this defense. Yeah, we've seen Joshua Williams in what would be the Fenton spot. In recent days, we've seen Jalen Watson get an opportunity there, talking about the fourth rounder, and now Watson is the seventh rounder. And they're getting that experience. And you talk about the room. So we know that McDuffie's going to be there Quite obviously, we know that Legarius Sneed and Rashad Fenton are going to make this roster. We could probably bet Joshua Williams after showing out in camp and, and his opportunities. Jalen Watson's now been working with the first team. And so you start to count up. I mean, that's already five quarterbacks. So if they keep six, you're saying, OK, who's that going to be? It's only one spot if, if they keep those guys. And you're talking about Baker and Johnson. So uh, the cornerback room may be a little bit deeper than we thought as far as options. And it'll I'll be eager to see what they do uh, at that position in particular uh, when you're building this 53-man roster. Sometimes you get six cornerbacks, you take one less safety. Do you go with five cornerbacks and keep another defensive lineman? Uh, A lot of questions that you're going to have to answer as you start to build this thing. And sticking with the cornerback group, I want to talk about a few guys I feel like we haven't spent enough time discussing so far in training camp. You know, we've been focused on – you know, the playmakers and the young guys, but I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Legarius Sneed and we're talking about this cornerback group and the expectations are very high for a player like Sneed to take even another step forward this season. What have you seen from him in camp so far? Like it's, they've spoken very highly of him. I, I think it's clear that he's going to be in a lot of ways, their top cornerback. Is he living up to that so far in training camp? Yeah, I just think, you know, so you, you sometimes hear these things of, well, we're, we haven't heard a lot about Chris Jones. We haven't heard a lot about Jerry Sneed. I mean, he, these guys are just consistency or, or consistent players that I don't think we really have a ton of questions about. Like, Sneed's been in there. He's been covering his guys well. I, I mean, if I'm a quarterback throwing against these guys, I'm, I'm probably looking for one of the younger guys and going after, you know, one of the better slot quarterbacks in the game in Jerry Sneed. And that kind of happened to Tyron Matthew toward the end of his Chiefs career. It's like, People were thrown away from Tyron Matthews, so you didn't necessarily hear his name called uh, a lot. And so I, I think the same thing hap- is happening with Snead. To me, he's going to be that guy that is an outside cornerback in the base and continues to slide in because he's just too good there. Uh, they have been working, if you're looking for depth here, they have been working DiCaprio Boodle in what will be the second team slot guy. And that's something that Rashad Fenton can do as well. So. We know what the the lineups are right now, but you do wonder, not to bring it back to Fenton, you do wonder once Fenton enters that mix, how does that impact not only the first team, but the second team and third team and so on. And a a couple other players that I know you've mentioned, but I feel like they aren't getting enough love for how they've looked and how they've improved so far in training camp are tight end Noah Gray and wide receiver Cornell Powell. And I want to focus on Powell for a second because Powell was a guy that, you know, maybe we had some expectations for last season. He wound up being a practice squad player. And then this year it was, oh, he's probably not even going to make the roster once they bring in Justin Ross, but he goes to IR and Cornell Powell has made some flashes and had a good day, even in a light practice today. Yeah. 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 Briefly on Gray. I mean, I mentioned it before. He's just taken advantage of the opportunities that Fortson has provided by just being on the injured list. And you wonder how that impacts that room once, Fortune is available. I, I think you'll be seeing a mix there. And then back to Powell during the rookie and uh, quarterback portion of training camp, those first three days, Powell was a stud. And that's because the veterans aren't there and they're not eating up his snaps. But he had 10 receptions in, in what was the three-day period. And I, 
I, you know, it stuck with me. Now he's sort of disappeared when the veterans get here because you're talking about a second team or third team wide receiver. But I, I think it's been noticed of what he's doing with those limited reps. And he got an opportunity today with this, again, walkthrough style practice to practice with the first team. You know, I, I think we've established that Justin Watson's probably going to make this team. And so what we thought was two available spots has now become maybe one. So do you keep a fountain? Is Pal good enough offensively now where you might start considering him for that position? Uh, and I think you've you got to give these guys an opportunity to, to see what they can do. He got that today. It looked like he was pretty solid. I did not catch him dropping any passes. And, and I know it sounds wild, the idea that here we are, what is it, August 8th, and you know, you're talking about could they conceivably keep Powell over Gordon? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, could they keep Powell over Fountain? I don't think so. But that's what training camp is for. Maybe he goes out and continues to show it in practice with the first team. Maybe he has great preseason games. And even if you, even if you don't keep him, maybe another team becomes interested and gets some draft capital. So uh, wait and see with, with Cornell Powell. I don't think it's time to, to sound the, the positive alarm yet, but it, it's definitely uh, been somebody that they put out there and, and really want to see what he can do uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think for Pal, it's, you know, even if he winds up not making the Chiefs roster, it's he's showing enough improvements that he could get an opportunity with another football team. And for a player who wound up not having an impact in any way as a rookie, for him to be able to do that, I, I think that's huge for a young wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I, I, I definitely think there's, and just briefly, I, I just definitely think there's potential where if Pal was waived, I mean, we'll see how he does in the preseason games because that, that film's available to the rest of the league. Uh, that someone would claim him this time. I they didn't last time, um, but I I think he's showing me enough where I, I could see him succeeding in the preseason games. And the Chiefs have a tight wide receiver room. And if they end up waving him, who knows if he ends up with somebody else? We got to get our daily update on Chiefs rookie wide receiver Sky Moore, who <laughs> w- was getting some looks today. You know, I, I saw some clips out of the backfield, him making plays in the passing game and just continuing to show his chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. And he even mentioned it when he spoke to the media. Like, I sit behind him in film sessions and I always tap him on the shoulder and ask him questions. Like, can, can you just give us our, our daily dose of Sky Moore continuing to improve and, and show why he could be a big part of this offense? Man, if I'm McCole, I am I'm ticked <laughs> off. I, you know, you, you say goodbye to Tyreek Hill, and finally you're like, okay, the targets are going to be there. I can stand out as one of the best receivers on this team. I'm a top receiver on this team. And then they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, who was excellent in Pittsburgh, especially that one season when he was next to Antonio Brown. MBS, who has everything he wants to prove in the world, that he's not a deep threat and can do it all, and the Chiefs believe him. And then Sky Moore. And because of McColl and his standing, you know, you kind of think, okay, where does Sky Moore even fit in? But he's playing his way into being a big-time day-one contributor. And then I, I mentioned McColl because he was doing a lot of the things that McColl was doing at the end of last year. And it's like, man, if Sky Moore can do this a little better, and I'm not saying that, I'm just asking the question. If Sky Moore can do this a little bit better, how does McColl even fit in again? And, I, you know, you feel in a, in a way for the guy because McColl has been having a pretty good camp you know, relatively quiet because it, it seems like Patrick Mahomes is constantly targeting 87 Juju and MBS. But yes, yeah, Guy Moore was, was, it, it seemed like he was interchangeable in, in a way with McColl today out of the backfield and some of those jet sweeps and, and whatnot. And that was something I asked him about after practice, you know, about those jet sweeps. And he says, the sooner you can get the football in your hands, the more damage you can do essentially. And you love the attitude and you love, uh, sort of on the offensive side of the ball that we've seen from Karloftis on, on the defensive side. 
that inquisitiveness of sitting behind Patrick Mahomes and just wanting to be that day one guy. And uh, kudos to Brett Beach. I, I mean, I, I know that they're pretty good talent evaluators, but the makeup of these guys to me has been really impressive. And I think more is just an extension of that. I'm so ready for preseason action. Um, I know we got the Hall of Fame game tonight, but that doesn't count. None of the uh, starters are actually going <laughs> to play. I'm just ready to see these expectations for Sky Moore and, and see him fulfill those for the Chiefs offense. Uh, last thing for me, Pete, Isaiah Pacheco, other offensive rookie that we can't stop talking about, showed flashes again today in practice. And I, I feel like we can kind of just say he's going to be their top kick returner. Like he is locked in as the kick returner number one for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and he, he's shown an ability to, to catch footballs out here that, you know, maybe he shouldn't even be catching. And uh, he's reminded us a lot of, of Kareem Hunt talking with some people in the building. They feel the similar ways to, you know, what's been out there. Uh, he's a little bit faster than Kareem Hunt running a 4-3-7. I think what we're going to see in the preseason is can he have that contact balance that Kareem Hunt had? I, that was something that, you know, covering Kareem, I was always so impressed with on the field was just his ability to break tackles. And I, I think we're going to need to see that from Pacheco. And if he does that, uh, you know, I think it's one of these players that could be a spark plug and, uh, you know, sometimes how do rookies work their way into the lineup? It's when you give them the football, it, it becomes obvious that you need to give them the football more. And not to say that Pacheco is going to trump CEH. I also like angry CEH. I've said that here in the, the training camp report before, but I think there's that potential and that sneaky potential. And I, I keep going back to that pre-draft chat of Brett Beach saying, look, we think there's a, a thousand yard rusher this year on day three. And then he goes and takes Pacheco. I mean, that to me, that tells you what you need to know about how they feel about him in the building. It's just when does he get that opportunity? And they like him with the ball in his hands, which is why he's going to start as the kick returner. Uh, Steve, you know, you're a fantasy guy. you got a deep roster. Uh, he might be someone you want to target in the late rounds. Yeah, he is somebody you should absolutely draft in your fantasy drafts. I got him in a dynasty league, and I am absolutely thrilled about it. But uh, he is Pete Sweeney. Make sure you follow him on, on Twitter at PG Sweeney. If you want to listen to the Chiefs press conferences in their entirety, you can do so right now on From the Podium at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, available for you on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you're following along each and every day at Chiefs Training Camp at arrowheadpride.com. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Chiefs are off tomorrow, so we will talk to you guys again on Saturday for Day 9 of Chiefs Training Camp.